Well, hello and welcome to this live English lesson. We are outside here on my farm and I'm going to try and help you learn as much English as you can by answering your questions. If you have a question, please use the link that will be shared in the chat. Please don't ask the question in the chat. The chat tends to go way too fast and it's too hard for me to pick questions out of there. So, if you do have a question, please use the link that Todd or Dave will share. I do want to say hi to a bunch of people. Hi to Annie and Guhan and Mode Eggs and Eugene and Lolly Lolly and Judith is here as well. Rod, the Brazilian English teacher. Uh, SEO Wu, as I scroll back, Dave and Todd, of course, are here. I know Brent from American English with this guy has popped in as well. Good to see all of you again. If I missed your name, I apologize. Sometimes there's just too many people to say hi to. So, how does this work? Once again, I will try for the next hour to answer your questions about the English language. I will put the question on the screen over here. I do have to mention though, there are a lot of noises out here today. There's actually a farmer way over here in this field mowing his hay. So, you might see a tractor go by once in a while. There's also an airplane flying around. So, you might hear that. But there's definitely wind, birds. If I'm quiet for a little bit, you might be able to hear some of those things. But hey, I think we should get started. Let me get the questions on the screen here uh, and let me pop over. Actually, let me do one more uh, check here. Sounds good. I think you guys can hear me. So, let's get to the first question. Let's see here. From Ruslan. No question today. Hello, dear teacher Bob. No question today. Sir, thank you for the great lessons. I'm crazy about them, especially the outdoor ones. Looking forward to 1 million subs. Well, thank you, Ruslan, for those kind words. I do as well enjoy the outdoor lessons. It's very calm and peaceful out here. I hope the wind, though, doesn't pick up too much. Let me show you the full display. You can see a lot of leaves moving around and you can see the grass kind of moving in the wind a little bit as well. So, hopefully, things stay relatively calm for this lesson today. Next question is from S.L. Lanka, longtime viewer of Bob the Canadian Lessons. Hello, S.L. Lanka. Hi, Bob. Good to see you again. What's the difference between surprised, flabbergasted, and dumbfounded? Thank you. Well, surprised is a general term for when something happens that you weren't expecting, okay? So, when you're surprised, you're like, oh, and you're just usually happy. You can be surprised in a bad way too, but usually um, things like a surprise birthday party would be something that would make you happy. Flabbergasted and dumbfounded are very similar to speechless. It's when you are so surprised, you don't know what to say. Usually, flabbergasted is used in a negative way and dumbfounded as well. So, somewhat similar uh, but also a little bit different. Next question is from Athanasios. Hello, dear teacher Bob. How's it going? The word mutt has two meanings, sir. Thanks a million. I'm only aware of one meaning. So, you can have a dog that is a purebred dog. Maybe it's a purebred poodle or a purebred golden retriever. That means that both of its parents were the same breed of dog. But if you have a dog that's a mutt, it means the dog is a mixture of all different breeds. So, sometimes you'll have a dog that has one parent is... We had... I think Oscar actually is part golden retriever, 
part whippet, part beagle, I think. I'm not 100% sure. Don't quote me on that. I could be wrong. Next question is from Dang. And the question is this, what is the difference between, I'm going to change a word in your question, between spice, seasoning, flavoring, relish, and condiment? So spice, seasoning, and flavoring, we would use, I think those would all mean the same thing, okay? So if you're going to add some spices to some food, some seasoning, some flavoring to a food, those mean all of the same thing. Things like salt, pepper, curry powder, uh, chili powder, garlic powder, onion powder, Um, And then you have your herbs as well, like basil and thyme and parsley and those kinds of things. Relish, in English, when I use the word relish, I mean something that I put on hamburgers. It's green, it's made out of chopped cucumbers and I think sugar and vinegar. And then a condiment is either, for me, either mustard, ketchup or mayonnaise. We refer to those as condiments. The things that people in North America squirt onto their hamburger or hot dog. Let's get to the next question. I think something's uh, something's landed on me here. There's not as many bugs as last time I was out here, but there's definitely a few bugs. wonder if I have an ant crawling on my ear. Next question from Lavinia. And the question is this. What is the difference between two to go do something and to go on to do something. So I I have to fix the question a little bit. What is the difference between to go do something and to go on to do something? So later today, I'm going to go uh, pick flowers in our flower field, okay? I'm going to go do that. It means simply that it's something that's going to happen in the future. But when someone goes on to do something, You're usually talking about their career. Oh, I found it. It's a little green aphid, I think. There we go. Okay, he can, he'll go live over there now. When you go on to do something, it's usually something that you do after an education or after a job. So you could say this, uh, he worked in the factory and then he got his mechanics certificate and he went on to work in a garage, okay? So when you go on or when you say when you went on to do something, it's something you do later. Uh, Let's see here. Rem has the next question. Rem says, you mentioned once that mid-September in Canada is late autumn. I'm wondering, is it summer or late spring in Canada now? It's technically late spring, Rem, but we almost always refer to this uh, as summer. As soon as June starts, we usually start saying it's summer. It's not technically summer until June 22nd or something like that. So technically it's late spring, but when they say it's going to be 31 degrees Celsius today and 30 degrees tomorrow and 32 degrees on Monday, um, then I think it's definitely in my mind, it's summer. Let's see here. Next question is from a Walid. I'd like to speak more naturally. I mean, as a native English speaker, how can I do that? Well, first of all, I wouldn't worry too much about trying to sound like a native English speaker. What I would worry about is reducing your accent so that you can be understood in conversation. You are never going to completely get rid of your accent. Anyone who learns a language as an adult will always have a slight accent, but you should work at getting as close to the proper pronunciation as possible with the goal that people will understand you. 
Um, and the best way to do that is to just practice a lot. Um, and my recommendation is always to get an English speaking partner through a service like Preply. There's a link down below. Also, italki and Cambly, I think, provide that service. Um, but find someone to talk to on a weekly basis. That will really, really help. Renata has the next question. Hi, Renata. Long time no see. I think I know you were around a lot and then I don't remember seeing you for the last few weeks, but good to see you again. Question Renata has is, hi, Bob. Hello from Brazil. Thank you. I hope you're doing great. Is there any difference between the verb update and upgrade? Can they be used interchangeably? Thank you. So, let's talk about these two words when uh, related to Yeah, let me just think. My brain's doing one thing and my mouth is saying something else. Let me talk about computers and use each of these words when I talk about computers, okay? Sometimes my computer Windows needs to update. The computer needs to do an update. So, I have Windows 10 but there are a few updates from Microsoft and it downloads them and installs them. Sometimes my MacBook needs to do an update. There's a new version of Mac OS and so my computer does an update. But when you upgrade a computer, it means you take out parts and put faster, newer parts in, okay? So, update is usually used to talk about software and upgrade is usually used when you talk about putting new parts in your computer to make it better. Now, Renata, we use update and upgrade for other things besides computers. Um, let's see here. Someone is saying, let me just do a check here. Sorry, I just saw the chat and someone said, I only hear you, but I think maybe they're saying they only listen to me. So, it looks like everything's working. Uh, give me a yes, everything's working in the chat if everything is working fine. So, Renata, we do use update and upgrade for other things, um, but generally, the first thing I thought of was computers. Um, I'm just waiting to see what people say in the chat. Perfect. Yes, 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 yes. Everyone's saying yes, all is fine. Thank you, everybody, for responding so quickly. I did set the delay to be less so that the chat is closer to what I'm saying. Uh, Let's see here. Um, So, I use these words interchangeably. This is from Sumaya. Hello, teacher Bob. I hope you are having a wonderful day so far. Could you please explain to me the difference between in spite and despite? So, I'm doing the lesson outside in spite of the fact that it's windy. I'm doing the lesson outside despite the fact that it's windy. So, I use those words interchangeably. Um, Let me just look this up the same. I'm doing a search quick. Yes, writing at its best. There we go. The difference between despite and in spite of. The answer is none. Despite and in spite of are exactly the same. So, you can use them interchangeably. There you go. Now, we all know. Um, Uwe from Germany says, hey, Bob, could you introduce us to the Newfoundland accent, please. This is really hard to understand. Thank you. I cannot do a Newfoundland accent. But if you watch a show called This Hour Has 22 Minutes, uh, that's a Canadian show. It's actually one of my favorite comedy shows. But you'll find out more about that in Rod's video that's coming out. Rod, the Brazilian English teacher, and I uh, talk every couple weeks on Zoom. And we decided to put together a little video 
where Rod asks me questions and then I answer them. Uh, I think it's coming out. Rod can let us know. I think it's coming out right after this live stream on his channel, which is Rod, the Brazilian English teacher. But anyways, in that video, I talk about a show called This Hour Has 22 Minutes. It's a comedy show and they often have Newfoundland accents. Newfoundland accents. I think that's how you say it. Uh, An East Coast accent. Um, Fox has the next question. I have two words today, incorporate and include. They mean the same thing in my language. Can you give examples of their use? When you make bread, you need to incorporate the water into the flour. It's the same as mixing it. When you make bread, you need to make sure you include all the ingredients. So they're slightly different, but kind of the same action. We also use the word incorporate to talk about a company. A company can incorporate, and that means it's a business where multiple people own it. So um, yeah, and include can also be used to talk about people, but incorporate can't. So you can include people in your conversation, but you can't use the word incorporate there. So little different. Uh, Let me see here. David Rojas says, what's the difference between especially and specially? Um, So if I said, uh, I like teaching, but I'm especially excited about teaching on YouTube. It's simply a way to use the word especially to emphasize that I like that the most, okay? So I like teaching in the classroom, but I especially like teaching on YouTube. So there's an example of especially. Um, Sometimes Jen makes a bouquet of flowers specially for my mom, okay? So that's a use of the word specially. Let me find a good example. Um, Example of the word specially. These are specially made just for you. But then you could say, I made these especially for you. So you see how I kind of flipped it there and used both. Hopefully that's not too confusing. Uh, Let's see here. Next question from Judith. Hi, Judith. Good to see you. And I do want to thank Andre Padron for the super chat. Thank you so much, Andre, for helping to support what I do a little bit. That's awesome of you. Thank you very much. Judith says, greetings, Bob. It's such a beautiful day in Canada. Can I use country seat, county seat, chief of a county, shire town, shirewick interchangeably? So, Judith, I am not going to be able to answer your question because it sounds very British to me. In Canada, we don't use the same words as they do in Britain to talk about, like, I live in a region. I live in a township. Um, Yeah, and there's a mayor and then there are council people, councillors, and there are aldermen. So there's different words that we would use in our country um, than, different than what they would use in Britain. Uh, let's see here. Adalicia says, do you say thanks when you have done a meal? So do we say thanks when we have done a meal? I'm not sure if you mean to pray to say thanks. So some religious people, when they are done having a meal, they will say grace or they will give thanks by praying. Or maybe you're saying, do I say thanks to the person who made the meal? I definitely say thanks to the person who made the meal. Um, So I think even in a restaurant, getting off track here a little bit, but if the waiter comes and says, how was your meal? I would say, oh, it was great. Thanks. Yeah, I would probably say thanks for sure. Um, Siraj says, sir, 
how can I improve my speaking? So I sound like a broken record sometimes because the best way to improve your speaking is to have conversations. In my opinion, the best conversations to have are with someone who you pay to give you one-on-one English lessons. They will help you learn English. They will make you feel comfortable talking to them. They will correct you when you make mistakes in a way that doesn't make you feel dumb. So I really highly recommend if you want to work on your speaking skills that you hire someone via FaceTime, Skype, um, Zoom, whatever platform and have conversations with them. Um, I do want to say hi to uh, Panthera Nori in the chat. I see uh, Panthera's name there. Good to see you, Panthera. Um, I know I've been shifting my live streams around a bit, so maybe it was, uh, I haven't seen you on, well, just a sec here. Maybe I'm getting confused. I did move the Friday one, right? I didn't move this one. The Friday one I moved. Okay, I'm getting old. I'm forgetting when I do my live streams. But yes, I definitely moved the Friday morning one. Anyways, good to see you, Panthera. Um, next question is from Asraf and the question is, Hey there, I'm from Bangladesh in Asia. I just want to know about how can I talk like a native English speaker? So I made a few corrections there, Asraf. Let me read it again. I just want to know how can I learn to talk like a native English speaker? So I think I fixed it two different ways. Both were right. First of all, Don't stress about trying to sound like a native English speaker. In fact, when I recommend that people get a tutor to have conversation practice, you don't need to hire a native English speaker. You just need to hire someone who speaks English. Um, And again, the best thing that you can do is uh, have conversations regularly. Um, That's, I think the fact that if you talk with someone once a week via Zoom for 30 minutes or an hour, and someone who will correct you when you make little mistakes. To me, that's the best, that's the best thing you can do. Guhan has the next question. Let me check my time here. We're doing good. Guhan says, uh, oh, wait, Panthera noise. Thank you, dear teacher Bob. So great to see you too. I miss class a lot. <laughs> well, when I was in college, Panthera, my first and second year, I missed a lot of classes. I slept in a lot. So I totally understand where, where you're coming from. Guhan says, hello, Mr. Bob. Sorry for not attending your lessons recently. Based on yesterday's lessons, how cranes spawn in the construction area. So yesterday's lesson was on construction. You can watch this. It's up on my channel still. There will be a shorter version coming out soon. And Guhan's asking about how do cranes end up on construction? I think they the crane builds itself, Guhan. I think the crane starts and it goes up. And they have special sections and the crane lifts its own pieces. You should find a YouTube video that shows you how a crane gets built. Because I think it's pretty fascinating, actually. Thanks for mentioning that, Guhan. And again, uh, that lesson will be out in a shorter version uh, later today, actually. In about 12 hours, I think. Maybe a little longer than that. Sorry. It might actually be tomorrow for you. Um... Next question is from Noraga. What are the differences between never and ever? So if I say I have never gone parachuting, I have never jumped out of a plane, then I can also say I don't think I'm ever going to do it. So you have some examples there. So I have never jumped out of a plane with a parachute on and I don't think I will ever do it. 
Okay, so there are many more ways to use never and ever, but I think that's a good example uh, for right now. I think that's a great one. Hey, I do want to say hi to the 521 people who are watching. If you're new here, there is there is a little subscribe button there. If you click it, you will get notified when I put out a new lesson. I think you could even click a bell and then you get extra notified. I'm not sure how that works. But anyways, thank you for being here, all 521 of you. If you don't know who I am, I'm Bob the Canadian. I make English lessons. I put them on YouTube. People watch them. Some people like them. Some people maybe don't, and that's okay with me. I know the other day someone mentioned, they said that my Friday lesson was too long and that I could teach all those vocabulary words in less than 10 minutes and that I wasn't efficient enough. And it kind of made me smile because... The point of the Friday lesson, the point of this lesson, let's find the beginning of it. The point of this lesson isn't actually to be fast. The point of that lesson is to take an hour to listen to an English speaker, introduce vocabulary, and then use a bunch of different phrases in natural speech using that word. So it's meant to be like a slow, it's less... It's not fast food. It's more like dining in a fine restaurant. You take your time to appreciate the lesson instead of eating really fast and leaving. Hopefully that made sense to you. I was going, I got off track a little bit there. Um, Let's get to the next question. Next question is from Oscar. Um, I see a few people asking questions in the chat. Please use the link uh, to ask the questions. Um, I think I have 20 questions answered, 29 remaining. So I should get to yours still today, hopefully. But Oscar Moran says, hello from Mexico teacher Rob. Oh, the other short form of my name. Thank you. My question is, what's the correct form in this sentence? It's, I earn money from my job. Okay. So both of yours, you could say I make money at my job or I earn money at my job. I make money from my job. I earn money from my job. The first sentence I don't want to read because you don't win. Okay. You win money in the lottery. Uh, You win money when you, maybe you're buy a raffle ticket or something like that. Um, Let's get to the next question. Mirage. There's the question. Explain the word counter, please. So first of all, yesterday I mentioned that a counter is a flat surface in a kitchen. But Mirage was interested in knowing how we use counter and how we add it to other words. So when I make a point in a conversation, Mirage, you can make a counterpoint. When I make an argument, you can make a counter argument or you can counter my argument by bringing in other words. So it can be used in a few situations to kind of mean the opposite. If an army attacks somewhere, the other army can counterattack. So I can't think of all the meanings, Mirage, for counter, uh, but those are some of them. And then there's another (laughs) meaning for counter that I will tell you. If there's someone counting things, when you walk into a store, sometimes someone is counting the number of people coming in. We would call that person a counter. Okay. Oh, and Mode says counterweight. Cranes have a counterweight, yes. So when they pick something up at one end, At the other end, they have a weight to keep it even. I actually have a counterweight on my microphone so that it doesn't go up and down. Thanks, Mo. 
Um, let me see here. Next question. Next question is from Rag. Ragad, sir, hi, sir, what is the difference between home and house? So I fixed the question a bit there. What is the difference between home and house? So a house is a building, okay? I live in a house. My family and I live in a house. Um, But a home is just the place where you live, regardless of whether it's a house or an apartment or a dorm room, you would just refer to it as your home. So home is also used to refer to a building like it is somewhat interchangeably interchangeable like i need to get new windows in my home my my house needs new windows you could say both but generally if you live in an apartment you would call it your home like hey do you want to come to my uh over to my home yeah we don't use it that way though do we yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna take this food and eat it at home so it doesn't matter if you're in an apartment or in a dorm room or in a house, you could use all of them. Uh, let's see here. This is interesting. So Mode has the question, Hi, Mr. Bob. Is it considered correct in writing to use contractions for the verb to be in the past tense? Like there's for, there was, your, you were. Thank you. So it depends, Mode, on what you're writing. When I send an email even to my boss, I will use contractions in my email. When I write a recommendation letter for a student, I will not use contractions. So if I'm writing something that's very formal, um, let's say I was writing a report um, for my boss, I would probably not use contractions. If I'm sending my boss a quick email, I will use contractions. When I talk to my brothers and sisters on Facebook chat, I use contractions all the time. So. It really depends uh, on the nature of it. Um, Peter Matos has become a member. Thanks, Peter, for becoming a member of the channel. I think these bugs on my head, they want to be members too, but they can't click the join button. So Um, anyways, thanks, Peter, for joining the channel. Let me check my time here. Things are going good. Um, Max, how to learn words which natives don't use really that often for example light bulbs and abomination so first of all we used light bulbs a lot so learn that one Um, and then i think words like that hopefully you can just learn them through reading and maybe if you hear them on a television show every once in a while Um, but i would say like a word like abomination um, an abomination is something that's not right like people are like oh that, that law is an abomination. Like it's a bad law. The government shouldn't have made it. Um, hopefully you can pick up the meaning of some of those words in context. But I certainly wouldn't memorize huge lists of words that aren't used commonly. Um, next question. Andre says, hi, great teacher Bob. Ooh, I'm great teacher Bob. Now, according in your opinion, it's a little fix there. In your opinion, how many words does a person need to know to understand 99% of English speech. So that's a tough one because of the 99%. But what I have read is that with between 1,000 to 4,000 words, you can get started having conversations, but it might be challenging. When you know between four and 10,000 words, you're definitely on the right track to having good English conversations. 10,000 words, I think the average English speaker uses about 15,000 words. Let's check that. How many words does 
the average person know? Let's see what it says. So the average adult English speaker knows about 20 to 35,000 words. So there you go. That's a lot. How many words do you need to be fluent? Those who know 1,000 to 3,000 words can usually have simple everyday conversations. Knowing four to 10,000 words makes people slightly more advanced in their language usage. Knowing more than 10,000 words puts them in the category of fluent or near fluent. So hopefully that made some sense, Andre. Uh, let me get to the next question. By the way, I should footnote that. I was reading that from Optilingo is where that came from. Uh, let me see here. Nyun says, what is the difference? Got to take the T out and put a CE. What is the difference between the Canadian accent and the American accent? So I had to add the in front of there. Little fixes. Um, not much. Uh, Canadians use the word, uh, say words like about and out a little differently or boat. Um, like I can go in a boat. Sometimes it's nice to go out and about in a boat. That's the phrase that Canadians sometimes say to highlight our accent. Uh, but generally, uh, Canadians and Americans have no trouble understanding each other. Very easy for me to understand Americans. Um, I watch American TV shows. I talk to people who are American. A friend of mine actually stopped by yesterday. You can see the chair he sat in. My friend Andy stopped by. I sat way over here. Uh, and he's originally from America. And I have no trouble understanding him. He sounds quite Canadian now, though. His accent. Um, so Riguero in the chat is saying, what's the black animal that passed in the background behind you? <laughs> Probably a cat, although I didn't see it. So generally there's cats walking around. I do have one of my kids who just keeps an eye out when I'm doing the live stream in case cats and dogs jump on the table or dogs, dog, Oscar is our only dog. Um, let me though make a small switch here. Let's switch to members only chat. Give me one second to do that um there we go i think it's on so what i have just done is i have turned on members only chat um, members are all of the people in the chat whose name is in green and have a crown this is how i make a crown they have a crown beside their name they are people who have decided to click the join button below to support my channel Sometimes people wonder, Bob, what do you do with the money from the membership? Well, first of all, I do buy equipment with it. I will be using it to buy a newer camera this summer. I do use membership money to pay for my internet connection on the farm, which is quite expensive. Um, and I do use membership money for one other thing, and that's this. You'll notice that my videos do not have ads in the middle. When you click to watch one of my English lessons or a live stream, there are a couple advertisements at the beginning, but there are no advertisements during the lesson until the very end. I think there's one at the end sometimes. Um, but I want my lessons to be usable for people in a classroom. I want it to be easy for them to listen to it again later. I used to put ads in the middle, one or two ads, but I stopped doing that I think last fall or I, I reached a certain number of members and at that point I decided, okay, no more ads in the middle of the video. So there's still ads at the beginning and at the end, uh, but no ads in the middle. Whoa, the chat filled up. 
Uh, Panthera Nori, or SUU is saying, Panthera Nori, I missed your chat advice. Panthera is always helpful with people in the chat. Panthera Mode says, bugs can't click the join button, but they can push Mr. Bob's button when he does these lessons outside. Yes, there's actually a small, I'm not sure if you're going to be, oh, it's blowing away. There's a small caterpillar here. Oh, sorry, it fell off my table. Um, Norma. Uh, very happy to see you to Panthera Nori. Um, and then Eugene says, Hi, Bob. One of your videos about the country of Canada is an interview test for the Maple Leaf Language School in China for ESL teachers. The ESL teachers have to pass that video can get a job as an ESL teacher. Well, that's very cool, Eugene, that one of my videos is being used as an interview test. It would be nice if they emailed me and let me know, let me know about that. But uh, very cool. Uh, Panthera Nori says to SU, thank you. You are super nice to me. Uh, birthday share. Oh, Maria C says, hey, Bob, I watched a video the other day from the chat box in which Caddy from my country, Argentina, teaches English and she interviewed you. It was great seeing you in others' YouTube channels. Yes, thanks for that, Maria C. Um, I did a few interviews with Caddy and I've talked to Caddy a few times on Zoom. I she asked me to be in a video recently and I said no because I'm so busy. But uh, if you mention to her, if any of you know her, I will do another one with her this summer for sure. And with other people from the chat box on Facebook, which is a cool group for people who are learning English. Lolly says, sorry, I have to go. Au revoir. See you, Lolly. Bye, Bob and everybody. Uh, Wu says, I have a crown. <laughs> yes, you do. Um, Rod says... Oh, Rod's saying, yes, the Q&A is right after this. So Rod and I put together a video. It's coming out on Rod's channel, which is Rod, the Brazilian English teacher. So search that. Um, and it's it's premiering or it's going live right after this live stream, maybe five minutes after. I'm not sure. Um, let's see here. Panthera is saying bye to Lolly. Modag says, hey, my banter mate. Now we have records of Mr. Bob speaking the British and the Southern accents we need to find a way to make them do the australian the scottish and the irish accents yeah when i try to do a scottish accent i sound like shrek uh mohammed says what is the difference between should and shoulda or would and woulda so shoulda is a short form for should of okay so i should drink some water right now because i'm thirsty yesterday my voice cracked because i should have drunk some water okay a little example there um norma saying hi to maria c let's see here getting to the next question marwanto says hi mr bob hi marwanto um let's see here modang says mr bob i really like the crown you made with your hands in fact i prefer that to the one in front of my name how could i get one i should take a picture of myself doing different crowns and then make it emojis then people could use them as emojis Dear teacher Bob, this is from Panthera Nori. When someone has a premonition, it can be both good or bad, or it refers always to bad events. No, it can be good or bad. Like a premonition is a feeling about something that might happen in the future. It's usually used when talking about ghosts and things that are scary. Um, but you can have a premonition about something positive as well. Uh, I park the car in the Harvard yard is a way Bostonians emphasize their accent. So that was that was not a good one, a good version. I, in my Canadian accent, would say I park the car in Harvard Yard. But thanks, Brett, for that. Now you have a record of me trying to sound like I'm from the East Coast. 
Maria C. That's great, Bob. I'm in that Facebook group. Yeah, it'll be great to see you there again. Yes, thank you. Um, Jumping down, Maria C. says, I have a question. Are accents and dialects the same or is there a slight difference? So I would say in Canada, there are different accents. A dialect would be a, a version of the language with a lot of unique words to that dialect, okay? I know my parents were from Holland and they spoke, I think, a dialect uh, called the Gronings. If there's anyone here from Holland or the Netherlands, um, sorry if I get this wrong, but there are many different dialects in some European countries and the language can actually be quite different in pronunciation and word usage. So uh, let's see here. Uh, Chitan has become a member. Hi, Chitan. Welcome to the channel. SEO Wu says, please drink hot water. It's good for you. I should. I brought out warm water today and I almost, it's almost gone actually. But it tastes really good. Has anyone seen the tractor yet? Way over here. I know when I do the questions, you can't see this, but I can certainly hear it. Mirage says, when a word is with back, like callback, pump back, meaning again. Yeah, I'll give you a callback. We, we don't use back the same way we use counter. Um, yeah, I, I'm not sure about that one, Mirage. I'd have to research that a bit. Leave a comment below this video later, and I'll try to give you a better answer. Uh, Panthera says, could you please explain how to understand pit up against each other? It's like undermine someone. No. So the phrase is, so this is what's landing on me. These really tiny um, caterpillars. I don't know if you can see it. So there are these really tiny caterpillars. I'm going to just put it down there. Probably in the tree above me. Um, So the phrase is to pit people against each other. When you pit someone against someone else, it means you set up a situation where they're going to argue or fight or not get along. That's what happens when you pit people against each other. Uh, Let's see here. Um, Ario says, let me get that question on the screen. Hola, Mr. Bob, how are you? I'm good. Question, English native speakers are like a king for me because they are so busy. Why? I wish they could teach me English. So... Yeah, I think because only a certain percentage of any um, population actually wants to teach. Teaching is a very unique thing. Some people like building houses. Some people become scientists. Some people like Brent and I become teachers. And it's just part of our personalities. But only a very small percentage of the world becomes teachers. And those are the people that actually like sitting down and teaching things, are you? Let's see here. Maria sees Caterpillar, like the brand. Yeah, a little tiny little Caterpillar. Um, the brand Caterpillar makes bulldozers and stuff, I think. Um, Cheetan says, how can I post my question? You, you just did. When we have members-only chat, Cheetan, you can actually put your question right in the chat. But there's also a link you can use. But if you're a member, there's members-only chat for 10 minutes during every live stream. So it's good to just have a question then. Panthera says, scroll down to the link. Thanks, Panthera, for helping. Mode says, back to the question I asked earlier. So theirs is a contraction for both there is and there was. Isn't that a little confusing? Yeah, and we also use it for there are. So I could say there are lots of people here, and I could say there's lots of people here. So yes, uh, there is definitely, you know, there was a lot of rain yesterday. There's No, that's not a contraction. 
We don't use there was. So it's there is and there are becomes theirs in informal speech only mode. Like when you're talking to people who you know well and using a lot of slang. Um, let's see here. Mode says, and for the word specially, I think blue plaid shirts were made specially for you to wear. Yes, I'm, I'm, I like them. I need to get a few more, but I have not been shopping for a year. So Maria C. So dialects could make it difficult for people from the same country to understand each other, right? Accents are more related to pronunciation. Yes. So if you live in a country where if you drive a little ways and someone speaks a different dialect, there's probably enough shared language for you to communicate, but it can probably be challenging. Uh, Could you please, this is from Panthera. Could you please say some sample sentences using reconvene? That word is a bit confusing to me. So when I am in a meeting at work, my boss might say, hey, it's 12 o'clock. Let's break for lunch and let's reconvene in 30 minutes. Let's reconvene in half an hour. Let's reconvene at 1230 and we'll start, we'll resume the meeting. Um, Okay, let me turn off members only chat. Let me find the button for that. There is a new feature here that you can do subscriber only chat, Um, but I, I'm not sure I want to do that. I don't want to force people to be a subscriber just to be in the lesson. This works for me. Let's get back to the next question. Let's see here. This is a uh, Mappy from Japan. What words did you often say to your son when your son was an elementary school student? And there's now there's ants. Wait, maybe not. There's definitely a cat running by, but sorry, you can't see it. Um, I want to learn new words. So kids in grade one, that's first grade. So when they first go to school in Canada, they go to junior kindergarten and then senior kindergarten and then grade one, age four, five, six. By grade one, they're learning to read. They've already learned their colors. They've learned their alphabet. They've learned the days of the week, the months. They've learned all that simple vocabulary. And then in grade one, they're going to start reading sentence books, okay? They're going to start reading simple stories. Um, and usually kids' books, they talk about things like being outside, rain, puddles, the weather, mom and dad, watching TV, playing games. It's usually a lot of vocabulary related to what kids that age do. So that is the best advice I can give. It's a fairly broad question. Uh, Notive says, hi, teacher Bob. How's your country, Canada? It's nice. I like this country. I think if my family had not immigrated here, if my family still lived in the Netherlands, I would like that too. It was, it's probably a great country I have not visited, but yes, I do like, I do like Canada. I don't think it's for everybody, but it's definitely a nice place to live. Uh, Kitakuse says, hello, teacher Bob. This is my first time question. Awesome. Good job. Why do you say a couple of days instead of two days? Well, we say both, but we do say a couple of days more often. So in a couple of days, I'm going to, uh, be teaching again in a couple of days. I'm going to go and see my brother. Um, yeah, I don't know. We like, it sounds fun in a couple of days. Like when I say it really fast, doesn't that sound fun in a couple of days? School will be done. No, in a couple of weeks, school will be done. I think it just sounds nice. Um, I think that's why we say it. Uh, Fatima says, hi, teacher Bob. How are you? 
Please tell me about this question. What is the difference between society and community? Thank you so much. So my community is all of the people that live in the same area as me and all of the people who kind of go to the same grocery store, so their kids go to the same school as my kids, they're my neighbors. All of the people in your town or your neighborhood would be your community. Society is the whole world. It's civilization. It's the people that live on the planet form a society, a civil, civilized society. Let's see here. Andre Padron says, hello, Mr. Bob, which phrase would you say? The second one, if I had wings, I would fly. The first one is not incorrect, but it just sounds, it's just not how I would phrase it. Um, If I had wings, I would fly. If I had more time, I would teach English longer. If I had, yeah, I'm I'm not coming up with examples because I'm seeing cats everywhere right now. I'm waving to the cat patrol kid who takes care of cats for me. Everything's good, cat patrol kid. Uh, Let's see here. Let me read these. This is from Rakib. Hi, Bob. Hope you are doing great and you're looking great today. Thank you. Did you go to buy? So I would say, did you go to buy that? Okay. So if someone said, hey, that's a really nice mug. Did you go to buy that yesterday? That's the phrase I would use. Did you go to buy that yesterday? I would actually say, did you buy that yesterday? But if you're talking about someone going somewhere and buying something, you could say, did you go to the hardware store and buy that yesterday? Sorry, there's a little caterpillar here again. I do like doing these lessons outside in spite of the um, extra guests sometimes. Cool. Everything's working great. Let me get to the next question. Rolara. Hello, Bob. I would like to reach an advanced... Wait a second here. I think I just skipped one. There we go. Sorry. Rolara says, do you recommend some app to learn or do you recommend an app to learn? So first of all, the Bob the Canadian approach to learning English involves using a whole bunch of different things. You should be reading and writing and listening and speaking and having conversations, etc., etc. There are apps that will help you learn English. When I was learning or relearning my French, I used Duolingo. I loved it. There's also an app called Memrise. There's an app called um oh what's the other one busu i think is another one uh and then uh, i can't think of the really popular one where you see all the ads for apps are great but they should only be one of like five things or six things that you're using to learn a language but i would if you can find the app called duolingo and if it goes from your language to english i would try it i liked it it was a lot of fun i liked getting a certain amount of xp every day Let's see here. Alejandro. I would like to reach an advanced level of English. What method or platform do you advise me to practice alone? Is it possible? So in my opinion, you can become a beginner English speaker on your own. You can become an intermediate English speaker on your own. You can get past the intermediate level working on your own. But when you want to get to the advanced level, when you want to get to 
a level where you can have very good fluent conversations you can think in english i really think you need to find a a practice partner i really do and it doesn't i know i've been recommending that you hire someone and pay money but you can also find someone to do a language exchange where they want to learn your language and you want to learn english from them and then you just have a conversation once a week that's what i do with my friend in france we have a conversation once a week 30 minutes in french 30 minutes in english we've been doing that for i think almost a year right now so i think it's been more than a year actually i should check next question from ritesh what is the meaning of this phrase play devil's advocate it's when you have an argument with someone and you argue even you argue the point you don't agree with so you argue so let's say you think duolingo is great and i think duolingo is great we could still have an argument where you say duolingo is great and then i argue that it's not great okay so you could do that i don't think you guys can see this but there is a caterpillar on the lens let's see if i can well there we go i got him off good one more little caterpillar you know these these might turn into moths and they might actually eat a lot of the leaves off the tree before that happens okay next question sophia hello bob what's the difference between equal and same can you give me some examples thank you very much so my brother and i are very much the same we're he's a little taller we both like computers our voices sound the same we have the same voice um for all intents and purposes we're not twins um he is younger than me by a few years but we're we're sometimes some people think we're the same person when they meet us people who don't know us well equal is used more when talking about things where you can measure it you know you want to put an equal amount of water in each glass um when you cut the pizza you want to make sure that everyone gets an equal amount of pieces um so it's a little more when you can count things you would use equal but again that being said they are both used quite liberally for other like because i could say everyone should get the same amount of pieces everyone should get an equal amount of pieces that you could use it the same way but i would think of it that way same is used for situations where maybe there's no numbers involved um, or fractions or anything let's see here okay dimitri says hello mr bob i heard somewhere that from yesterday you are the natural treasure of canada can you explain the word catering means have a cool weekend well i'm not canada's national treasure I think that's Wayne Gretzky, the hockey player, or Justin Bieber, uh, or um, yeah, uh, who else could? Oh, Celine Dion, the singer, maybe. By the way, I like Celine Dion a lot. I like Justin Bieber too. I also liked Wayne Gretzky when he played hockey, but now he doesn't anymore. Anyways, uh, I'm not the national treasure, but what I want, this is what I want. I want the government of Canada to pay me to go and make English lessons all over Canada so that you can learn English and then maybe that will make you want to travel to Canada uh, to visit as a tourist. I don't know. Maybe they'll do that. I don't know who to call to ask. Uh, A caterer is someone who makes food for an event. So if I was going to have a party here, I could make food and bring that out for the guests. We could sit over there or I could hire a caterer. So catering is providing food for an event. 
Sometimes at school, we have teachers from all over the province come for a day and they hire a caterer. They hire a catering service so that no one has to make the food. Someone makes it and brings it to the school. That's what catering is. You can also cater to someone. It's a slightly different meaning, but sometimes parents cater to their kids too much. It means they do everything their kids ask them to do. Hey, I just noticed there's over 600 people here. That's incredible. Um, Thanks for being here. If you're new, there is a little red subscribe button here. You should click it and check off the bell to get notified when I do a new English lesson. Let me go to no display for a sec. The tractor over here is really loud right now, but I can't see him. I was hoping he would drive by once or twice. If I go like this, you can probably hear it just a little bit. Okay. Oh, well. Farmers, they just, they never do what you want them to do. I'm a farmer. That's not a nice thing to say. Um, okay, just a sec here. Next question is, just one sec. Yeah, sorry. I think I'm misclicking here a little bit. But Danraj says, when you talk with people around you in English, then which are the most prepositions or usages? Like, in order to, I came to realize, yeah, I use those phrases a lot, okay? Uh, In order to do this lesson, I bring all my equipment outside. In order to do a good job, I buy good equipment using membership money so that I can do a good job, okay? So, in order to do a good job. Because I came to realize that when you start doing YouTube, it's not about buying a camera and making videos. It's about trying to get better all the time. So when I came to realize that, I knew that in order to do it, I had to buy new equipment from time to time. By the way, the camera I want to buy is on sale right now. I should buy it, shouldn't I? Next question from Ali. Hey, Bob, what does it mean it's raining cats and dogs? So this is a phrase that means that it's raining really hard. There's a lot of rain coming out of the sky and you would say, wow, it's raining cats and dogs. I should tell you though, I haven't heard anyone use this phrase in quite a long time, okay? We say things like, it's really coming down out there, okay? If it's raining really hard, wow, it's really coming down out there. Or, wow, I I got caught in a torrential rainstorm on the way home. Um, So, raining cats and dogs, people would know what it means. It's a very common phrase uh, that's taught in English classes. But honestly, I don't think it's used that much anymore. I, I haven't myself used it in a long time. It's worth knowing the phrase, but um, yeah. Let's see here. Alexander says, let me get back to my screen. Hello from Russia. Hi, Alexander. Dear Bob, how important to pronounce the sound flap T in conversation with a native speaker? So in, when you're, you know, doing your flap T, yeah, you, you do, I would practice it, okay? I would certainly make sure you're practicing that sound because it does sound more natural. Um, I just, yeah, I'm wondering if there's a phrase that you can practice that would help. How to practice the flap T. Yeah, I don't know. Like, if you said T is better than water, that does sound odd to me. If you say T is better than water, that sounds normal to me. So, yeah, I think it is important uh, that you do it. If you said hospital, hospital, yeah, you do need to. It does make you sound a lot more natural, Alexander, if you learn to pronounce it. 
Uh, by the way, flap T is when you say things like um, 30, 40. You hear how the, the, the T sounds more like a D? 30, 40, 50. Uh, so instead of saying 30, 40, we, we don't say it that way. We say 30 or 40. Uh, let's see here. Next question is from Erlakli. Hi, Bob from Georgia. You look great as always. Could you explain to us the meaning of apply and refer in detail? Thanks in advance. If you want a job and there is a place that is hiring, you need to apply for the job, okay? So when you apply for the job, you go, you fill out some papers and you say, I would like to apply for the job. If someone says... Um, They're going to refer you somewhere. So this usually happens more with a doctor. You go to see your doctor and your doctor might say, um, you need to see a specialist. I'm going to refer you to a specialist. We also have the word reference when we're talking about jobs. When someone writes a letter saying someone should hire you, we call it a reference letter. Teachers sometimes write reference letters from time to time for their students. In fact, I think I have to write three this week. <laughs> um, let me get this caterpillar. I don't want to um, disturb them too much. Um, next question is from Natalia. My dear teacher Bob, hello. I would like to know the difference between sitcom, comedy, and TV show. Bye. So a TV show, that's just a general term for a show on TV. So Survivor is a TV show. Jeopardy is a TV show. Friends is a TV show. It's the broad description of a show on television. A sitcom, it's actually short for situational comedy. Most English speakers maybe don't know that. A sitcom or a comedy are very much the same. We would use those words interchangeably. The Big Bang Theory is a sitcom. The Big Bang Theory is a comedy. Um, Actually, I would use sitcom more. Yeah. Yeah, comedy is maybe used a little more for a show about jokes and stuff. A comedy show. Like, This Hour Has 22 Minutes is definitely a comedy show. Uh, Let's see here. I do want to just check something for a sec. Bear with me for a moment. Um, Just doing a little check to make sure. So, Rod's video with me let me get a copy of this and i'll put it in the link here is rod's video with me it will start in about eight minutes so i'm just going to put that there you can see in the chat i put something that says here is rod's video with me It will start in about eight minutes. Rod, the Brazilian English teacher, that's a link to the video that will start at 12.05 my time. Um, Rod and I got together. uh, Rod and I talk on Zoom once a month, twice a month. We used to talk every week, but we got busy. Um, uh, But we decided we would do like a question and answer. So Rod sent me some questions and Rod put together a video where I answered those questions. Uh, I think you might be interested in them as well. Um, There's some Canadian content for you. Anyways, that's starting in about seven minutes so i'm going to wrap up here in about two minutes um i am skipping through the questions a little bit um there's a few strange questions daniel has oh so what happened there that was weird there we go 
Daniel says, Mr. Bob, you're the best teacher ever. Hope we can meet someday. I love Canada and I love your videos. Well, thanks for the kind words. My question now is how can I improve my accent? My mom says hi. Well, hi to your mom. Hopefully she's having a good day as well. Again, the best way to improve accent, one way is to record yourself. If you, so you can do this with my videos, but you can do this with other things as well. Listen to an English speaker, record yourself saying the same words, and then listen to the English speaker and yourself and kind of try and compare and make your own corrections. The other thing you can do is, again, find an English teacher to talk to each week who can help you perfect or improve your accent. Um, Again, remember, accents aren't bad, but you do want to learn to pronounce things as properly as possible so that you can communicate well and so that people can understand you. Um, Let's see here. Next question from Brian. What does steer clear mean? So this afternoon, I'm going to the grocery store. Um, I'm going, if I see someone I don't like, I'm going to steer clear of them. So it's because maybe I don't want to talk to them. By the way, I like almost everybody in the world. That's not totally true. There are a few people that rub me the wrong way. That means I don't get along with them. But I would, if I was driving my grocery cart and there was someone up ahead that I didn't want to talk to, I would steer clear of them. I would go a different direction. Uh, Let's see here. I'm going to skip that one. And we'll do this one from Juan. I've been wondering if you could make a video about phrasal verbs in the garden and kitchen. I could do that for sure. I think I could do both actually. I'm not sure there's enough phrasal verbs for the garden, but we certainly have a beautiful place here to make a video like that. Um, and then I think I could easily do one for the kitchen. Let me, let me see if I can put those together for you. Anyways, thank you so much uh, to all of you who are here watching. Thank you for spending an hour listening to someone ramble on in English and try to answer questions. I'm sorry if I did not get to your question. Um, Uh, And I'm sorry that sometimes it feels like I'm ignoring people. I'm not. I usually try to answer the questions in order and to answer as many as I can. There were over almost 100 questions asked today and I only answered 57 of them. Actually, I think 51. I read that wrong. So that's just the way it goes sometimes. But this is still great for your listening practice. It's great to hear an English speaker talk for an hour. Hopefully it is helping you improve your English. Do you want to say bye to a few people? Bye to Maria C. Bye to Judith. Uh, Bye to Nightbot. (laughs) Sorry, that's just a joke. Uh, Bye to Todd and Dave. Thanks again for moderating the chat. Remember, Rod has a video starting in four minutes on his channel. Uh, I'll put the link in the chat again if I can find it. I think I still have it copied and pasted. There's the link. Uh, Thanks to Brent from American English with this guy for hanging out. Uh, Thanks to Norma. And it's hard to see my screen out here. Thanks to all the caterpillars that came to the lesson as well. Folks, I'm going to stop saying bye because it's kind of hard. It doesn't look that bright to you maybe, but I'm having trouble seeing my screen. Uh, But have a good day. Uh, and I'll see you next week with another one. New lesson on Tuesday, live stream next Friday, and a live stream, of course, next Saturday again. Bye, everybody. Have a great day. Have a great weekend. Um, This lesson will be out in a shorter version uh, in about 12 hours or more, Uh, and I will most likely be playing GeoGuessr Sunday night, but it might be later than normal, okay? I am visiting a friend, um, 
one-on-one outside socially distanced um but uh, i might be home a bit late but i still plan to play so it might be an hour or two later than normal so i might see you then anyways uh bye everybody have a good day hi bob the canadian here thank you for listening to this english podcast lesson if you would like to support me in the work that I do as an online English teacher, please visit patreon.com slash bobthecanadian.